Buckle up. It's showtime. It's time for the green room with Sean Green. Oh, no, with the show. All right, let's do it. All righty then, let's get started. And now for the moment no one's been waiting for. Let's check this out. Welcome everyone to the green room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by Amazon. You go to SeanTGreen.com, you click that Amazon link, you support the green room today. Man, what a podcast. I just got good vibes of the podcast. I have a special guest, Nate Craig in studio. Nate, what's happening, man? Fuck yeah, green room show. That's that's the kind of enthusiasm I like. I, I like that, Nate. You're a sports fan. You come in with a little attitude. You get that energy. Feel like a lot. Yeah, it's a good. It feels like uh, you know you get that good energy before a podcast. You get fired up here in the locker room. SeanTGreen.com. <laughs> Is that in honor of Roscoe P. Coltrane? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish it was that deep. No. Uh, it just ended up being that SeanGreen.com was already taken. Sure. There's like five different Sean Greens. Um, you can lie to me at any point if you want. Okay, sure. But yeah, no, there's a number of Sean Greens. There's a the, uh, Jewish baseball player, Sean Green. Sure, sure. There's what? The, uh, how many RBIs in one game? Nine? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was actually a pretty good hitter. And, uh, yeah, I remember when I first moved out to Los Angeles, he was still with the Dodgers. And I used to get that all the time. Like, oh, hey, you play for the Dodgers? It's like, yeah, that's why I'm – so I'm here at the haha open mics because I also, <laughs> my, my day job is being a professional athlete. Didn't Sean Green set the record for RBIs in a game? He might have. I mean, nine RBIs, that's got to be up there. Although, what, uh, I feel like, what's the record for home runs? It's like four, right? So Yeah, four. Huh? So Nobody's maybe, ever hit five. Yeah, no one's hit five. So if you hit four, maybe you're, maybe you're up there in uh, RBIs for a game. Oh, man, good times, good times. Well, let's see. Why don't we uh, start off with politics? Now, I know you're a big uh, political person. I do follow politics. It's kind of like a nice um, storyline to kind of attach my opinions to. I don't know uh, at this point in my in my <laughs> life. I don't know what it means. I don't know how much it differentiates if from being like a TMZ enthusiast. But yeah, well, um, that's a, I guess that's my thing with politics. I get I'll have like waves where I get into it more. And then less, and then yeah, it's just in the say it's insanely frustrating. And I guess it's what I like about sports is that at the end of the day, in sports, which is a great cliche for sports, um, there's a winner or loser. Like it's a, okay, the scoreboard. Well, I, I guess maybe there is to some degree in politics with like okay, the elections, you win or you lose, but it just feels like everything's just unresolved and no one really can do anything and they have great excuses why they can't do anything. But then I I don't know. I just, I get every time I try to get into politics or get more into it, I like being informed. Like I like having an idea of what's going on and having an opinion on it, but I never feel like that motivated politically. Right. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely a lot more gray area in politics as far as like, you know, um, who's doing the right thing and who's getting away with shit. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of both, uh, doing the right thing and getting away with shit. <laughs> it um, is fun. I mean, it is fun from the sidelines to just shit on people and, uh, or, you know, give people shit and, and call, you know, politicians out. There's definitely a lot of fun to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I don't, like I have strong opinions, but then I'm I don't see myself ever getting like yeah, you know, I voted, I voted for Obama, but I'm not like I'm not an adamant political person. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't I, I don't I'm not the type of guy you know, I agree with some conservative ideology and some Republican stuff, but so I'm not like hardcore one way or the other. You have to be a certain level of dickhead to be certain about anything. And I think that uh, that definitely um, gives me pause to getting uh, as you know excited about things as I as as I'll do anyway. I will pause, but then I will continue on (laughs) and and maintain my certainty of certain things. But I hear what you're saying. I totally yeah. No, I get I. But for me, it's just like the whole thing. Yeah, I guess looking at it from my perspective. I, I guess I lean more left and end up voting more like a Democratic, but sometimes I'm just like, well, it's still politics and, it, you know, 
it doesn't seem to me as clear cut. Like I, I agree with a lot of the things they do or a lot of the ideas, but then don't agree a lot. Now, what did you? Um, what was your take on the State of the Union address, Barack oh, Obama? Tonight's. Well, I mean, he just, he just knocks those out. I think he knocks them out. I mean, I, I think sometimes he takes a. Um, he tends to kind of take a sympathetic approach to it. Like he'll 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 uh, he'll he'll end his sentences in like a. Uh, almost, almost like a plea, you know, like, yeah. like, uh, and I, th- I think those people deserve a vote. You yes. know, he'll, like, he'll, he'll, like, he'll, like, lighten it at the end. Where, like, I wish he would be a little bit stronger because I mean, he's obviously brilliant, and he could. I think, you know, I think it's so specific. I think he's, I think he and his administration have handled things so well thus far, like um, politically and strategically. I, re- I honestly, I think his tone is, is like, uh, is like, is like tested. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like market tested. Like I think they, I think, I think they, I think they, they have like focus groups. About, oh yeah. I, I mean, well you can I mean, you see what goes into, I mean, you've been out in Hollywood, Nate Craig, you see what goes into just like a TV show. Can you imagine, uh, you know, whatever, right. how many millions of dollars they pump into an election? I can only imagine what kind of testing goes through that. Yeah. And Barack Obama, I mean, even if you don't agree with him politically, I think you'd be pretty naive to say he's not a good public speaker like the guy goes up there and knows how to command an audience like he gets legitimate laughs which is kind of annoying as a comedian and the guy he just i mean people laugh even the fact like a president attempts a joke people laugh just out of like oh hey it's a president trying to make a joke but he actually has good comedic timing especially for a president (laughs) or politician the guy just comes off super polished yeah, no, no question. I mean, he uh, he doesn't even he doesn't even flinch. Like he's he's very um, you know cerebral as far as like go, you know going off the script and stuff. And I think he's he's pretty fluid uh, whenever he wants to be. And and it, and it resonates. Like it, like he's like you said. Like he's, he's just got good timing, and he's just got he's got the overall you know he knows how to approach. Um, communicating to people in whatever yeah, in whatever form, it whether it's uh, whether it's you know like a big story from the State of the Union before it. Uh... You know, I guess going into it or one of like the kind of, I guess not big stories, but little side stories was that I guess one of these Republicans that was invited brought um, Ted Nugent as one of his guests. Great. (laughs) Oh, that's 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 so that's so necessary. (laughs) Nothing, nothing like uh, bringing a a crazy pop star. And this that's exact. And I guarantee that the exact same People that get excited by that kind of shit would would uh, will be the ones criticizing Ashley Judd for running against Mitch McConnell in Kentucky in next year. Like yeah. the, like the like the I love that I love that. That's the that's like uh, like a a classic um, like buzzword or like you know um, like a, attack on 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 one of the one of the you know stronger I guess kind of cards that the left will play which is like their hollywood kind of visibility you know yeah. like like uh, there's 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 no shortage of <laughs> there's no shortage of celebrity activists no not at but all. in reality that's what fox news is like none of those people are actually good journalists if they were they'd get jobs at reputable news outlets but they aren't and they are hacks, so they get jobs <laughs> at Fox News because they will shovel shit without flinching. Yeah. Like, nobody calls Glenn Beck a journalist. He just gets up and says shit and pretends that it's news, and then they it's just as kind of like a subtext. Like, uh, people kind of absorb it as they would normal kind of, you know, actual information that's... Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's... I listen to uh, all kinds of talk radio. Uh, sports talk, comedy talk radio. I'll let, listen to political talk radio, and I do like listening to conservative talk radio at times, just from like a performing aspect, just to see how they like bring in a point of view. And I, yeah, I mean, it's it's good for entertainment purposes. Obviously, it's not ideal for journalism, but I mean, that's the reality. Sean, why bring in a point of view <laughs> when you can bring in Ted Nugent? Yes, exactly, Ted Nugent. Is awesome. I know, like he's he's crazy. Veiled, but that's why. Well, look, all I want is a real American who's on record making veiled threats against the president in the same room as the president when he's giving the State of the Union address. Well, and I guess in his well, he did get uh, he made that. What was his, his exact line? I think was like, if they reelect Barack Obama, either. 
um, I'll be dead or in jail, which is like a really weird threat is to threaten your own life if you're Ted Nugent. (laughs) Threaten your own life. Or 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 just uh, hint at the fact that they'll have to kill you uh, from to stop you from killing the president. I think that's actually what Cat Scratch Fever is about. Exactly. Um, I think that's what that song. String it up, Obama. Cat yeah. Scratch Fever. <laughs> it's also for a rocker and for like a crazy guy. He's also super sober. Like he's he's just for a rock star. He's just like adamant about not drinking, no Bro, drugs. He's high on crazy, man. He's just high on his own. He's high on crazy. He's got a soul patch and a ponytail. And a, um, and a lazy eye. <laughs> a ton of guns. Uh, acreage for sure. <laughs> He's got a- I don't know. It's for as many guns as he has. I see him as completely harmless. Like he just, I don't know. Ted Nugent cracks me up. Like I don't. You you see him as harmless because that's you, you don't see the rabble rousing speeches that he gives to barn loads of white supremacists in yeah. rural Michigan. That's true. I haven't been to any uh, Ted Nugent concerts, but. I do like Stranglehold. I feel like that's a good song. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's alluding to his, you know, wanting to kill people. But he just he he seems like he just kills a lot of deer, and lives that, on his land. That brings us back to your neutrality, man. You're just trying to you know absorb what is uh, yeah what is uh, what is compelling to you. Right. I mean, I look at it. Try to look at it more from a comedic point of view. I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't take people like that. I guess you're talking about the idea that these people do affect other people's opinions. And to me, they're just so comically a joke. I don't take it seriously. So I just view it as entertainment. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you a hundred percent in in that aspect. I just, I just think that there, there are, um, you know, the world is not made out of Sean T. Greens. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The world would be a better place. The, huh? the world has a lot more Roscoe P. Co- Coltrane's than Sean T. Green's. <laughs> there are a couple more. Hey, there are a little bit more Rudy Rudigers out there, like old Sean Green. The world would be a better place. Um, I feel like now this, I could be pulling this completely out of my ass, and if it's incorrect, I apologize. But I feel like I was talking about Rudy recently in some. Uh, Rudy seems, the actual Rudy seems like a huge dick in real life. Like, supposedly he. Um, he just makes his life off of being the guy, hey, I was Rudy from the movie, and he just gives these motivational speeches, but he's also like a huge dickhead. Doesn't he sell cars? I don't know. This is, you know, I don't know where I'm if piecing you were, together if this If you were Rudy, wouldn't you sell cars? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, there's a John Elway dealership in Colorado. You don't think there could be a Rudy Rudiger dealership? He should be... In I, Mishawaka, Indiana? <laughs> how is he not selling more merchandise? Like, how are there not Rudy Rudiger footballs? Like, he, I feel like... Yeah, he's cashing in on the motivational corporate circuit, but really, this guy could be probably doing a lot more. I mean, if Joe Montana is selling Skechers, I feel like Rudy could be selling heavy bags, whatever, just like protein shakes. You're, you're. I'm going to say this: you're overselling Rudy Rudiger. Yeah, like you're, you're going John Elway, <laughs> Joe Montana with this guy. He is, but I, but I hear what you're saying. It's no, a different, it's like, a different ball game because he's got a smaller market. Yeah, he's not operating in. Denver. Uh, he's operating. Well, but here's the thing. Mishawaka, by the way, is where the where the South Bend Funny Bone used to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> before it closed down. Uh, you, we get a lot of Mishawaka references here on the podcast. I'm sure I mispronounced it. No, I'm just thinking a guy like Rudy appeals to all football fans. Whereas, like, you know, John Elway is a football hero, but if you didn't, if you're you know, if you're a Raiders fan, you probably fucking hate John Elway. We're like, if point. you're a Raiders fan, well, you probably hate Rudy because it's, you know. Raiders fans just hate everything, but Rudy appeals to all football fans, and I feel like he's missing out on some that's market a, there. That's a great point, Shanti Green, and you've obviously ran the numbers, <laughs> yes, and that's I why did. you're a better at sports betting than I am. Yes, I've been killing it in sports betting. Now, not a great year of football gambling-wise. <laughs> well, that's because you bet football. Yeah, I know. The NFL football really is the is the craziest thing to bet just because uh, so unpredictable. Guy, Any- can we can we go there? Did you have a place you were going or can we just go right to sports betting? Sure, let's do a little sports betting. Uh cuz I cuz I love talking to you about sports betting yeah, and it's and, fun to talk about. And I don't nearly text you as much as I should. Now do you <laughs> just so I know for this upcoming do you like college basketball at all? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. But awesome. I don't I'm completely lost in college basketball, but I follow guys who know stuff about college basketball like I feel like I, I like Doug Gottlieb and yeah. and and cats and you follow them on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, or like the college basketball gambling guys, like the guys who, who specifically make picks for college basketball. Okay, gambling. okay, okay, great. Now I feel like 
last year, I don't know if we ended up meeting up or not, but I feel like we were both we were in Vegas for the, the second round time. of the tournament. We didn't, and that's how that's that's what a monster <laughs> Vegas is. Yes, like, we were both in Las Vegas. <laughs> we didn't even good buddies. Up. We always talk about like, hey, we got to get some beers together. We got to hang out more often. We oh, both have we're God both comedians who like sports, which I feel like is, uh, kind of a rare thing. And we're like, dude, we got to hang out. We get to Vegas. I'm like. Yeah, we got to hang out. I'm like, oh, I should hang out with Nate. And then it's like, oh, he's three casinos away. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he, oh. might as, he might as well be in Fiji. Like, I'll, ne- I'll never make it. Because when you go there, you just get these blinders on. And yeah. you're just like, your head can only rotate 15 degrees one yeah. way or the other. Because you're just, there's just all these bets going. You want to put girls. bets down and you got to get in line 15 minutes before the quarter ends because the line's already out to the yeah, and you got halftime lines. The poker and then you pit. Got your, you got your bracket going, and then you're like, oh, I may as well get a little bit of blackjack in while I'm down here. Uh, it's every yeah, Vegas is a little overwhelming. That's why I just realized I got to limit myself. I go once for uh, football in the fall, and then once for like college basketball in the spring. Because other than that, it just my head explodes. Like it's too much action. Yeah, it's There's too, too much, much to gamble on. Well, let's go back this year for that second round. I think I'm going to go. That It's the third weekend in March. We should go. Anyway, um, why do you think that is, that um, sports fans as a comedian is a rarity? Is that just in our circle or like the L.A. kind of city scene? Why is it now? I don't know. Because I, I, I totally agree with that. I guess it's tough for me to tell because I've the majority of the stand-up I've done has been in Los Angeles. But I, I think also it just seems like the – type of guy who's a sports fan isn't necessarily the type of guy who wants to be a performer. I feel like, you know, just speaking in like broad generalities, normally sports fans aren't inclined to be performers. Like I feel like it's almost two separate tracks. Like I feel like most of the people that are comedians in high school or on Sunday afternoons, instead of watching the game or like college football, college basketball, they were more inclined to, you know, watch movies, watch sitcoms, that kind of stuff. Fuck like, their girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know. Let I, me ask you this. Does it boil down to – I, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify anything, but, I mean, we're not – you know, we're fucking monkeys. We're not that complicated. Does it boil no. down to someone not needing to be understood verbally or intellectually because they're understood physically and their capabilities have always kind of – gotten them what they wanted because i mean i think that it could be that simple really and i mean i don't think that's yeah i I don't yeah that that basically whatever that desire is that we have to feel like oh everyone's got to laugh at us we got to get that rush from performing yeah i I feel like that's oftentimes separate from a traditional sports fan right i don't know maybe i'm just talking out my ass but that makes sense to me and well and los angeles too in general doesn't have as diehard of sports fans because it's Los Angeles. It's just a nice place to be. You're more inclined to be outside and do right. stuff instead of sitting and watching the game. No, it's not a sports town. They like to pretend it is. They have the most successful franchise, one of the most successful franchises in the history of professional sports, so they can latch onto that. But in reality, per capita, it's just not a sports town. Yeah, and there's it's I mean the Clippers are having a great season and nobody you can't cares. hear anything about it. It's nobody all, cares. It's all about oh Dwight Howard said this and then Kobe said that and right. Yeah, they, they like the drama of the <laughs> Lakers, but and then they like when the Lakers are in the second round of playoffs, and then you see the little Laker flags pop up. But it's not the it's not the same attachment that you get in like a Green Bay or Chicago or like New York, or, where people need it. Yes, exactly. They need something to get them through the long winter months. It's called sports. That's why we're attached to it because it gave us hope for years. You don't understand that. You didn't need hope because if you lived in Los Angeles, you grew up in Los Angeles, oh, hey, my sports team lost. I'll just go outside and enjoy the rest of my day. Like, No, you needed to have that victory or something to look forward to on Sunday so that you know, you just needed that little bit of hope. <laughs> you needed to read about who the Vikings signed to their practice squad. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. And uh, guys will call in like on WIP, which is a local Philly sports station and they'll just call up it'll be like a wednesday and they'll just be like these guys it these players they they just don't care if they lose this sticks with me man and it's just like <laughs> yeah, it just ruins your week it's uh i guess it's the great thing and the um awful thing about sports the eagles basically uh big news for the eagles quote unquote uh re-signed michael vick or ba- restructured his contract now, from what I'm reading about the contract, it seems like 
quasi-savvy move because basically it's a one-year deal. They voided his extra years, and A, it makes him a lot more tradable because his base salary is really low, and it's all incentive-laden. So, yeah, he could make up to $10 million, but if he doesn't win the starting – and they told him he can compete with Foles for the starting job. If he doesn't win the starting job, he's going to get paid – I think he's going to get paid like $3 million, which is – Pretty good for a backup, but still excellent uh, from the Eagles' position. What are you going to do? You're going to cut Vic and just throw all your eggs in the Foles basket, right? You haven't seen enough out of Foles to say he's definitely the guy of the future. Yeah, he might, he might be, but he's also only played five games and looked like okay. And maybe Vic, with the healthy offensive line and a new system, maybe he has a little bit of run in him. I don't know. I wanted them to get rid of Vic just because all the fucking turnovers and he drove me crazy, but. I mean, for now, what they're paying him, it seems like a decent investment. Right. I mean, I, I think there's no question it, it keeps a lot of Chip Kelly's playbook on the table. Yeah, and, and if you can get a guy – if you just if you look at his experience, his number of games started, his ability for the big play, he still is somewhat athletic. And Michael Vick – he succeeded when he's had when he's have when he's had to play really hard to get that big contract. He came in and was just like busting his ass, and, you know, and then made this run and like and had a great run. And then once he got paid, I think there is something to Michael Vick needs an incentive laden contract because he's a guy who just you know as much as he said his life's changed or whatever you. You're like 32 years old. You just don't all of a sudden develop an amazing work ethic. Well, the Eagles aren't dumb. They realize, I mean, you can you can be as miserable as you uh, tend to want to be as an Eagles fan. Right. Um, That's very miserable. But, um, but you know, that doesn't mean that the Eagles organization is going to lose track of how bad your offensive line was this year. Like, if, if you give that guy a, a functioning offensive line, which they were not this year. Yeah. Even LaShawn McCoy got hurt. I mean, right. and, also- and he, he avoids tackles effortlessly, and like he knows exactly when to get down. He's such a smart football player that way. But like everybody got hurt on your offense this year because that offensive line just caved every time. I mean, were you, how, many, how many backups were on your offensive line? You were on your, like, yeah. your third left tackle. You can't yeah. play in the NFL with a, a backup, backup left tackle. You just can't do it. I don't know. Yeah, no, and he got by completely on his athletic ability. The only thing with Vic, though, is they always say, like, oh, he's got to learn to be a pocket passer. No, just fucking let the guy run. Yeah, like, let the guy run. I mean, I, I, I don't th- know what it is. I think it's, like, also being a black quarterback. You don't want to be just labeled as a scrambler. Like, there's this weird thing where I, I think black quarterbacks especially feel compelled to be, like, no, hey, I'm a – like, that's some weird race thing of, like, I, you know, hey, I'm not going to – go to your standards of just running the ball. I'm smarter than like some, some intelligent thing. Like, no, if you can, if running the ball as a quarterback makes you that much better of a player, why not run? And the, all the times Vic had gotten hurt, it was because he was in the pocket a large majority of the time. And he got hit. The problem with Vic is he hangs on to the ball too long. Now, do not make me talk about the Eagles for that much longer. Sure. But I do think that that they they really had the short in their playbook just because of how bad your offensive line was this year. Yeah. And, like, they'll get a new crack at it next year. And, like, with Chip Kelly calling different plays, and, and who was the tackle that got hurt? Your best offensive lineman got hurt yeah. in, the, like, week one. Jason Peters. Jason Peters got hurt week one. He's, a, he's a Pro Bowl tackle, right? Yeah. No, he was one of the better left tackles. Right. Two years ago. That's, that's a marquee why, position in the NFL. Yeah, that's why LaShawn McCoy had such a good year two years ago. Right, dude. He's he a, was just yeah. he was murdering guys. That's so. like, I mean, that's like losing, that's like legit, like losing uh, one, your, what's one of your top five important positions. Top yeah. three, maybe. I mean, yeah, they had three guys out at the offensive line. That's 60%. So plenty of excuses to go around for the Eagles now. You're, Green, uh, you're a Green Bay Packers fan, right? I am a big Green Bay Packers fan. And you had sent me a link. Uh, There's only one story I care about. <laughs> no, what's that? Well, no, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know. I will. I, you know, we got our fucking dick stepped on by the Niners, and I'm really glad that the Niners lost because that team needed some loss <laughs> in their hearts. Yeah. They needed some loss in their hearts. By the way, I saw Colin Kaepernick. I was at uh, Clive Davis's. Grammy party at the oh, Beverly wow, Hilton. Swanky. Don't ask why. And uh, and the, the, I saw uh, Colin Kaepernick there. He uh, was not at all as big as I thought he would be. Really? 5'11", 180. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought he would be like six. I mean, I don't know. what What's he listed at? 
Yeah, Maybe. he looks. He looks. He like looks a like a six three, six four guy. Yeah, and he's so long out there. Yeah, Runs like he, they call him Daddy Long Legs. Right. He's got those long legs. Right, right, right. He was maybe he was he wasn't five eleven. Maybe he was he was probably actually six six one, but like trim down. Like I thought, <laughs> I would have said that the guy was six three two twenty or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and then just you saw him in person. He's like five eleven one eighty. Yeah, that's just interesting. Built for speed, man. He really he was not as big as I thought he was. But this um, this story that I sent you a link to is yes. is absolutely hilarious to me because. It's like such a perfect example of people with their just just spending so much time on a computer that their heads just get so deep inside their assholes <laughs> that they can't think straight. Yes, it now I'll put a link to it on the on the podcast website, but basically it is a Green Bay Packer cheerleader which Jeez. the Packers have high school cheerleaders. It's like a community thing, like the high school. I don't know if they have auditions from like all the the schools of Green Bay, and you got to make it, or if it's they just like take let the high schools take turns sending cheerleaders. They have high school cheerleader squads, and then the kids get to go and cheerlead on the field. They get to go be on the field, and that's the thing that they do. And like it's just a perfect thing to make fun of. <laughs> if you hate the Packers, it is a really fun thing to stumble upon. If you're at the game, or if you find out about it, I, I mean, didn't even know they had cheerleaders to be honest. The, well, they they well they do, and they're they're do high they school. They televise kids. them. I feel like they're on. Yeah, you'll see. Oh, okay, them. they're down there, dude. They're totally down there. And like you know, it's just a thing. It's like that's like a it's a it's it's actually whatever. I mean, it's like you know, it's kids get to do it. So yeah. it's like if, it's, if kids get to do it, I'm, I don't give a shit about it. No, but I, but I totally understand making fun of it. Yeah. So basically, it's Green Bay cha- a Packer cheerleader. Maybe it's UW Green Bay. I don't know. Maybe they're college kids at this point. Yeah, she looked I, a little over. She high looked school, a little bit over. But, but like, but like over the years, it's been high school kids. They let it's like a thing. Right. So so um so this chick gets a picture of this 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 woman gets put up on some bear some Chicago bear blog and just gets destroyed by bear fans by yeah. asshole bear fans yeah. and like that you know i mean i didn't i don't read i didn't read the comments i always saw is this girl's reaction to it she's just mortified and horrified and absolutely you know stricken and she's a, just a martyr and she <laughs> she can't imagine how how people would stoop to this level and it's just like really really you don't understand how how bear fans could hate Packer cheerleaders. <laughs> that eludes you. You're are... rivals. That's the whole point of rivals. You're supposed to blindly hate the other team. When Troy, when Michael Irvin got a neck injury and there was a possibility that he was paralyzed and everyone was applauding, it's not because they're horrible human beings. It's because they're rivals. You're just supposed to blindly hate the other team. And they're horrible human yeah, beings. But there's a little but bit of that. But, but it, there's, there's, there's part of that. You, you, you have to take it there uh, in order to honor the rivalry. Yes, uh, this it's, it's a blood. It's a it's a fake blood sport. You know what I mean? Like right. we're yes. You were one talking, of the most harmless things you could possibly do is <laughs> on the internet make fun of it because bitch, it's not about you, you dumb little girl. It's not about you. Why would you make that about your? Oh, oh it's oh, it, oh you. Why they you, posted a picture. Uh, the, it's so needy. The it's bears so needy. I guess on the bears blog they posted a picture that said, "Like if you think if you think Packers." The Packers have the worst cheerleaders. So, of course, every Bears fan liked that. And I'm right. sure the opposite could be said for if you posted it on the <laughs> And I'm sure it got elaborated on. I'm sure fat and ugly came into the picture. And the girl who posted it, is a, she's a very good-looking girl. Yeah, she's, she's a, a cute totally chick. pretty yeah. woman. And she – but just obviously needed it. <laughs> like there was there was the one kid who got bullied and but he was getting bullied in person and he was like uh, effeminate and it became a, a anti part of an anti-bullying campaign. He's like crying on camera and he's holding up the signs to tell about what happened to him and tell about how it makes him feel and tell about how he's thinking about committing suicide because of right. all this shit that's happening. So she does it in the same kind of way. Yes. Where it's she's, just like a YouTube video and she's holding up she's holding signs, signs to like say... some sort of gospel rock some sort of melodramatic <laughs> She doesn't even talk church she's rock just, like she's a prisoner in her own digital world and she just holds up so, she like holds up these cue cards basically that say friends and family i was i was made fun of on a website like, <laughs> yeah you stupid bitch like why on earth would you expect me to care about this the fact that you care this much about this makes me care this much less about this like you should get up and walk away 
from your computer? Don't you have cheers to rehearse? <laughs> Don't you have something to make you better as a person? That's the, that's the problem. Like all this talk of like cyberbullying and catfishing, like all this fucking stupid, just computer-based drama or like th- uh, threats towards like individuality or privacy. Yeah, I mean, privacy is one thing because you know people do business and their their identities and stuff like that. But like, but like, as far as as cyberbullying and shit, it's just so fucking needy and American. It's so gutless and and and, and <laughs> f- fucking weak. It's just so weak. Get up and leave your house. Leave yes. your house. Some fat fuck that didn't graduate from college that lives in his mom's basement in fucking Elgin is <laughs> calling you ugly. You're smoking hot. You'll be married in five years. Put down your pom poms. Move the fuck on. At least have the ability to <laughs> articulate your feelings. Stop. Don't don't take three hours to write out your your fucking martyr letter, your martyr poetry, and hold it up in front of a camera so that everybody gets to feel bad for you, but you don't have to make a case. You know that's that's when did when did this victim mentality become so popularized? I don't know what it is. People just – it feels like maybe there is something to uh, technology being a part of it or social media or whatever. But it does feel like it was cyberbullying. I mean some of it is legitimate. Like you said, there are – yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's a fine line, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of you know unnecessary whining going on. Ugh, or just gross. everyone – there's an inclination that there's this idea that everyone feels like they have to be a victim. Right, or everyone. I mean, everyone feels compelled to paint themselves as victim. Oh my God, I've overcome so much. I'm a cheerleader who is made fun of. What on that Microsoft? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just feels. Everyone feels like. Oh my God. I've why over- does? Oh, you have it, no idea what it's like for me to exactly. cheer and then not be cheering. It is funny. There's two. Have there's to hear from people that don't like my cheers. There's two tones of voice on the internet. Either oh my God, look at how awesome my life is. Or oh my god, I'm totally fucked. I've been, I'm such a victim of society and people, and I, I, I'm living this tragic existence, and everything's going so wrong for me. Like there's just two. That, that's like the two tones of voice. Either oh my god, look how awesome my life is, or oh my god, I'm such a victim, and I've been. Or or if it's that it's look how awesome this is, or look how horrible this is. Like right. just the bi bipolarity of exactly our, the, the, of our of our internet existence of our internet incarnation now is that going to is that going to change the way people communicate because really you think about it if you post something on facebook that's completely neutral you're not going to get any reaction you're not going to get any connectivity i mean there's like research that's been done that says there's a dopamine release in your brain, like when you get an yeah, email, when right. you get a Facebook notification, when you get a Twitter, Text message, whatever. Yeah. It, it triggers just like a small release in your brain of like, hey, this could be a potential opportunity to get resources to, you know, a business, yeah. chicks, a social, what, whatever it mm-hmm. is. There's a small dopamine release. So mm-hmm. I think there is something to the idea that having this extreme point of view, extremely negative or extremely positive – your, our brains are going to shift to that kind of communication where in order to get more dopamine, you're going to either go extremely bad or extremely good because that's going to get the most reaction. Right. Like if – gun control. If I laid out a middle-of-the-ground gun control plan that said, hey, maybe we can do stuff to restrict semi-automatic rifles but also not punish people who are responsible gun owners and maybe we find some middle ground – that wouldn't really get any traction. The only the only opinions that get traction on the internet are either guns are the worst thing of all time, we need to take away everyone's guns, or guns are the best thing, they're part of the Second Amendment, don't ever touch me, get away from – like the extremism. Totally. It's, like- it's, it's What gets traction is things that confirm people's beliefs already. Or things that inspire fury. Yes, exactly. That's it. You're either you're either basically going, right. oh my god, Nate Craig's exactly right, or oh my god, Nate Craig is a horrible piece of garbage right. who is completely opposite of my point of view. Right. Well, that's I did a like a short little. Kind and of- hey, I, I'm I'm guilty of some of this own stuff, or guilty of getting fired up about stuff, or whatever. Just like I'm not acting like I'm above. 
any sort of radical opinions or reacting to people's radical opinions online or like letting that annoy me for like days on end. Not at all. And then you just have the yeah. The, the worst thing for me is like I'll be. Going into an audition, and I'll just be thinking about someone's Facebook post. I'm like, that motherfucker's so wrong. And I'm like doing the math in my head. <laughs> and it's like I need to just move on from that. Yeah, like, horrible it, timing, by the way. It's the yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. It's not constructive at all. But I'm like doing the argument in my head. I'm like, okay, so he says that, and then what I would say is that, and then I bring up this <laughs> piece of citation, and then I go with this. He's gonna say that. I know he's gonna say that. And then I go with this, and then I win. Oh, and then man. I have this argument in my head, and I realize it's not even constructive to engage the person in this kind of dialogue but it's not constructive to like have this battle in my head but then mm-hmm. how can you just it just move on like let it go I, I don't know that's I think part of my own personality too of just like once you know I'm a dog with a bone I, in the same way the, you know the success I've had from stand up or when I do really get with stand up it's, it's like having a strong opinion about something or the same kind of thing so I think there's creatively there's some rewards to it but yeah. yeah, it can also just drive you crazy, right? I mean, when when it's something that you you know you you uh, you know you're just dwelling like I on. see you, you get fired up sometimes on Facebook about about political stuff. Yeah. Now, like, can you post something like, uh, "Hey, this person's a complete dickwad," or, or uh, you know, they did this fucked up, or this is a good idea? I can't believe people are against this. Post it and then just move on. Um, or does it? I like to you? think so. I like. Yeah. I, I totally would claim. <laughs> to be able to do that, um, but I definitely identify with you. I mean, I, I have those debates in my head where I kind of dwell on something and maybe maybe hold on to it for too long. I mean, you know, at a certain point, you have to uh, let it go and treat it like uh, like we were talking about earlier. Like it's 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 really um, you know you, you know none of us know uh, you know uh, where we all come from. <laughs> Uh, and so you have to be able to let go. You can, you can, you, you can attach a certain level of importance to it. And, um, and, 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 and I think it's, it does, it's definitely wise to be able to compartmentalize inside of that, Yeah, you know, that, uh, spectrum of importance. Right. You know, and, and I think, I think I can do that. And I, I, I like to think that actually, um, See, yeah, but that's, that's my thing is like, that's why I try to avoid some of these debates or whatever just because I realize I'm not going to be able to win anyone's opinion. Like, I, I just feel like I can't win over that person by expressing my opinion, so maybe it's better to just move on and not have that debate in my own brain or or whatever. Well, it is fun to be well-informed and kind of, you know, figure out and learn things. I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's first of all, it's important Learning to, is fun, to learn. Learning is fun. To learn. And also, um, you know, it's, it's really fun to learn things that confirm your, what you already believe. Right. And then, um, but, but I mean, but say, that said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not at all afraid to, uh, to be proven wrong. And, and I think that's important. And I think that, um, you know, maybe that's, uh, you know, I should, I should probably do that more than I, than I already do. Uh, try to, you know, uh, pursue things that might contradict uh, w- what I already uh, think, um, but but like you said, uh, that's that's not that's not popular on the internet, and and it's and it's <laughs> and it's not necessarily the most accessible thing for my own psyche to uh, to indulge in. Yeah, um, you know, like I, I'm not I'm I'm not above uh, a good internet uh, flare up. Like <laughs> like uh, like it's it's. Yeah, it's... what's your what's kind of stuff that's gotten you? online and because you take a step back and you're like why am i ah this is just so dumb I, I but was, what what's like what do you remember a particular incident that got yeah, you really fired up yeah for sure well I'll, I'll just start out by saying that like this whole gun control thing this is one thing that maybe i've pulled back a little bit from a couple years ago i might have been like just so gung-ho and like really really just been ready to end relationships over this <laughs> you know but uh but like i don't think i've really necessarily handled it with that kind of uh um, uh, verbosity as I might have uh, done so in the past, you know, because, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, I, t- I try to absorb all the information that I can. Now, regarding this gun thing, I just, um, you now know. you're, you're obviously for some form of gun control. Yeah. If someone th- hadn't known your political views. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, 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 pr- I'm pretty liberal. I am a really, what li- like in an ideal world, I mean, to me, it's like the obvious answer is, yeah, in an ideal world, there's no guns. But in the same way with a lot of issues, it's like, all right, the cat's already out of the bag. These guns are already out there. 
what can we kind of do to find some middle ground? Obviously, the end game is to reduce violence. Well, I think what has to happen is some sort of compromise. That being said, like you like you talked about, as far as like selling guns to criminals yeah. or background checks or you know high powered assault rifles uh, or as I like to call them, meat ruiners. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's one of my favorite, by the way, is when people take issue with the term assault rifle. Like that's one of those like industry manufactured just uh, just debate <laughs> sabotage sabotaging issues, non issues. You know, like well, let's not call. It, why would we call it assault rifle? That's something. We, oh. No, well, it's because <laughs> rifles already existed, and then they made these fucking things. They made and the they're clearly were, not rifles. They're rifle. Yeah, it's like rifles were. P- too pussy for some people, so we need right. assault rifles. Right, and and that's what they do. They're made to to murder things that uh, are that are walk on two legs. Like that's what <laughs> those are made. They're made to uh, to. So um, that that being said, like I I uh, I, th- I think you know some compromise is necessary. Now, um, aside from that, I think. You know, something that that people are so scared to address is this myth of a tyrannical government. Now, here's I, I had to I have to walk backwards from it because yeah. I, I got to identify with people who are these 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 fanat- these Second Amendment fa- you know fanatics right. who are so certain that they need to be well protected by they need to be a member of this well armed militia. You know, now, do you feel? Well, well hold on, just a sure. second. So, I I try to imagine what they're saying, yeah. because because that is really a source of fear for them. They really, really are afraid of the government coming and taking their guns. They are genuinely terrified, and so like you got no choice but to kind of imagine it. And I can't imagine what they're talking about, but I do have my own, my own version of it. And I'll tell you what I'm scared of, and what makes me feel okay about loose gun regulations. Because what I see happening is an already established, you know, significant marketplace for private militias, for private uh, military entities. I mean, they're fighting our wars for us currently. Yeah. They're fighting more than one war for us currently. And so what are these guys going to do when they come back? These guys are going to work for gated communities. They're going to work for, you know, rich people. They're going to travel around and they're going to have all these, you know, they're going to have the most, the high powered weapons that you can buy in bulk with, you know, under whatever agency or company that you're working for. And I don't know, man, I don't think it's necessarily bad for, you know, Joe Blow and his cousins to have the same weapons because who's to say these guys aren't, you know, these guys don't go crazy. I mean, shit, cops kill other well, cops. And, and also, yeah, I mean, that happens happened this guy's getting caught up in the woods right now, the cop yeah. killer. Like Yeah, we'll get into Dorner. That's probably a good good place to transition over to Dorner. I think yeah, with the gun owners, it, it's like people who are paranoid about the government taking any of their stuff are also the people that are paranoid enough to think that they need a gun for protection. You know what I mean? Like it's almost a self-selecting group. If you naturally feel inclined that you need a gun to protect yourself, you're also probably more inclined to think uh, that the government or someone else is going to try and take that gun. You know, like right. it feels like that's kind of the same process. Now I can't identify with that, but I don't want to be naive. I have never had to kill my food. Okay. Yeah. But I have lived in neighborhoods where you would want to be protected. Yeah, lots of them. Yeah. So exactly. I've so you know I'm not it's it's not like I'm 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 I've removed myself from this world that the people that I may or may not disagree with would claim to exist. You know, like I've I've been in major cities. Okay, a lot of these people who are claiming that they need to protect themselves, they don't. They just happen to not live in cities. They live in red America, which has a lot of mountains and acreage. And so, I mean, when, I, when, when we're talking about gun control, I just defer to cops and first responder unions. Whoever's in charge of those unions, I think, should determine most of the gun policy in this country. Yeah, I guess because they're going to be going up against these right. guns. So. In, in, and nope, and I, I just, that's one of the problems. And I'm sure this is probably something for a smart person like you to have to get the fuck away from any political discussion. I can totally identify because how come shit like that just doesn't get said out right, right away? 
Yeah. Like, fuck you, Wayne LaPierre. Nobody needs to hear what your fucking dumbass says. He will look you dead in the eye and say that we should have armed guards in public in schools. And Obama's kids have armed guards, so why shouldn't your kids? <laughs> That's the dumbest fucking bullshit that anybody's ever said in the history of saying shit. And for him to sit in front of you and say that, and then nobody to call out what's really important, is just disheartening. As a thinking human being in America, we should all have expectations that the people in charge and the people at the forefront of the debate on both sides are saying shit that's responsible and applicable to what's at hand. And nobody is saying, like, all right, let's put the cops and the first responders unions in charge of this because they are seeing what's happening firsthand. Right. And well, and you talk about armed guards in school. I had a cop, a resource officer in our high school. He had a gun Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, you didn't feel like you're living under some military state and having it. I don't think having one cop assigned to a high school of 1600 students. I, I don't see that being, I think that's a good idea. I mean, honestly, you know, there's, I mean, there's kids doing dumb shit. There's older kid, you know, like people recently graduated trying to get on campus, having like a legitimate police officer assigned to that many kids. And yeah, I mean, we live in a country where police have guns. I, I don't know. To me, that doesn't sound that crazy. You, armed guards sounds a little weird, but yeah, having one cop for like a normal size high school, and yeah, cops are normally armed. I, I don't, I don't see that as a problem. I, I don't either. I just, I just worry about the escalation factor you know because then what you got instead of one kid going crazy you got a couple kids like well let's take out the guard you know he's got a gun i mean that's the kind of bullshit that you know that makes sense in in human brains much less immature young human brains like like yeah oh you know that it's us against them mentality and i like, just i think having a, a cop on campus is a good idea in general because it's like the psychology of it though is detrimental i think like you think so well fuck it man i mean look at the just the per guns guns per capita we have more than any, you know, 10 times more weapons than the next closest country. And it's like, come on, man. What is that? Why? Yeah, no, and, I mean, and, and, and less the, guns and that's is probably the, a better that's idea. That's the but. only reason that we would need armed guards in schools is because of all the guns out there. So to, to capitulate and, you know, let nice that – Thank you. To let <laughs> – with that, you know, with that – it is a gun culture. That's a gun culture thing. To go ahead and let it get to that point. You know, okay, yeah, Wayne LaPierre's right. Not about what we should do as human beings, but what we have to do as Americans because of the situation that we've let ourselves get to in America. Never never mind the fact that it's the NRA's fault that we've gotten to this point. We should continue listening to the NRA. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. How about no, you're dumb. And yeah. we should know exactly who owns AR-15s. AR-15s, dude. Do you know what... Like the woman in, in Connecticut. She had five guns. Have you ever shot an assault, assault rifle? <clears throat> Excuse me, an assault rifle? Yeah, I, I shot guns for the first time a few months ago. And yeah, one of them was an assault rifle. And uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm scared of guns. Imagine so how many people you could murk the shit out of with an yeah. assault rifle. Now, this woman who, who was raising an autistic son had not just an assault rifle, but then four other guns. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, how would your mom react to that? <laughs> how would your mom handle five guns in the house? Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean... if my mom had five guns, she would not know what to do. She would try. First of all, she would start. She would immediately try to hide them. Yeah. She would just want to put them away. She would if she had an AR-15, she would she would roll it up in insulation and hide it in the attic so that nobody could ever find it. She would pack up handguns in shoeboxes and duct tape them shut and then put those in the Tupperware bin and then duct tape that shut and then hide it from her. It's like it's it doesn't make any sense. It's not how I was raised. Right. And and you said I think you hit on a thing there. It's not how you're raised where people who were raised hunting with their dad or owning guns they don't see it. They don't see it as like this, as quite the same thing. They but see every it like summer, I would go to my family's farm. My dad grew up on a six hundred acre farm. Now it's a thousand acres. My cousins run it. Every summer, I would get a three wheeler and a rifle. Mm-hmm. So that was part of my life too. Yeah, it's just with. I think for a for a woman raising kids to have that in a in a you know not a rural setting. 
a populated setting, a, a reasonable population base. It's the Eastern Seaboard. I mean, there's people around to be raising of kids with that kind of weaponry on hand is just fucking off. It's a little off. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it'd be tough to see anyone to argue for that. You know, especially well, in that's that's the thing. There is a there is a full there's right, a, and a I, full. I think it's I think it's about guns, but I also think it's yeah, it just speaks to a bigger thing of hey, I don't want the government telling me what to do. Whatever, I, I don't know. I think it speaks to a bigger thing now. Dorner, yeah. Dorner, uh, renegade cop, kicked off the force. But was he framed? And then now he goes on this ra- – like it literally is stuff out of a movie. Black he, Rambo, dude. Yeah, exactly. And uh, By the way, kudos to NBC LA for covering Black Rambo instead of our black president. Happy Black <laughs> History Month. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's much more fascinated with the, with the just renegade cop going out. Now, this is- NBC LA literally said, if you want to see the State of the Union address, we're streaming it live at our website. But until then, we're going to keep our camera on this cabin in flames. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Dorner, he went on this crazy rampage. He was up in Big Bear. Jay Moore had a great joke. He's like, how, how did it take him so long to find him? It was a black guy at a ski resort. Like, <laughs> why did they not find him the first day? Well, they did, and then they just didn't look any further. Like, yeah. he wasn't that far away from where they found his truck burnt out this weekend. Right. He's right next door to where they found his truck burnt out this weekend. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. No, He no. just rented a timeshare. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't. He didn't it's try like, to. He didn't even try to get off the mountain. It's like no, no shit. It took us ten years to find Osama bin Laden. Right. We couldn't find the black guy at a ski resort <laughs> with like thermal drones and like every cop right. running after him. Yeah, I and mean, they had Big Bear, you know, sanctioned off, which is like this tiny little mountain town. There's like a couple roads in or out. The crazy thing is, just being in Los Angeles. Well, a couple crazy things. You know. LAPD has just a bad history with folks when this news comes out and people in Los Angeles are like, hey, you know, like some people are just like, hey, well, you know, what are you going to yeah, do? Right. Go Black Rambo. <laughs> LAPD a cop responds killer. by. A cop killer gets gets overwhelming support. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if he's going Not after meter maids? Right. It would just be people would be rallying around this man. <laughs> no, but I mean, the fact that people like even hesitated to. Like, oh, I don't know. I read the manifesto. He made some good points. Right. Yeah, he did murder a 28-year-old innocent woman in cold blood, but right. he's and, dealing with the LAPD. And her husband. Yeah. I mean, and a cop that he ambushed. I think it just speaks more to, like, the idea that, A, people are fascinated with kind of the sexiness of this. It, it But it is like a movie. Like, it's just a guy gets kicked off the police force for the wrong reason and then he's out for blood like it literally reads like a, your typical action movie it is hollywood and it will be a movie it, i'm sure someone was writing on it I, I feel like this is the plot of another movie i feel like i've already seen this movie like i don't know where i saw it maybe i maybe I had a weed brownie before and forgot about it but i feel like i've seen this movie before it, it but crazy yeah so he ended up he killed a, a few people Went on this crazy – and his manifesto had like a lot of jokes kind of – I don't know I don't know if he was intentionally being funny but just like random political – like pop culture references. Yeah. And then uh, – I just read people's comments about it. Yeah. No, this is one of those things where I didn't even really read the manifesto. It was very, I saw that it was very long and that's when I stopped reading yeah. it. Was like, I was like as soon as you get to – you get to a certain length and you're like, oh, well, that's as, that's all the crazy I need to see. You, <laughs> exactly. You, you spent a lot of time on this and then – felt the need to to shoot people or i mean you you know i don't know if you if you wrote it before or after he did what he did i'm sure it was i'm sure it was uh, uh, a couple months in the in the making <laughs> yeah oh man I, I don't know i'm just laughing i guess just because of the just the i don't know the absurdity of this whole thing where just like an action movie's unfolding live in person it, it's it was a uh, bizarre surreal but yeah, he ended up uh, escaping up to Big Bear in the mountains, which is like normally a really quiet uh, little mountain town. And then uh, it sounded like, from uh, preliminary reports, he killed himself and then torched the cabin. 
and was just letting it smoke to the ground. And yeah, eventually they pulled his body out. Or uh, it seems like they confirmed that he did die. So, but before he went, he got four days and three nights in a big bear two bedroom, one bath <laughs> exactly. condo overlooking a beautiful <laughs> ski hill. And uh, well, for me, I've I've rented places up there. I don't know how he got through. I feel like these rental places, if you ever went up to Big Bear, they have all these regulations. Like, you can't park four cars. Like, you can't have your stereo playing outside. Like, it's this uptight kind of be, mountain community. You can't be a wanted serial killer. <laughs> all right, but I can bring my gun and the uh, statewide manhunt to the Big Bear? Yeah, sure, that's fine. Just oh, don't. sure, sure. Yeah, Just... they have all these weird rules. Like, you have to have snow chains. You have to. You can't park more than three cars in the driveway. You can't park on the streets because of the snow plows if you uh because they have all these rental houses and they were i guess pe- they're worried about people going up and partying there and ruining these people's like mountain retreat so they have all these like rules like hey we'll call your we'll call the cops on you if you make too much noise they're like oh okay quiet black guy just let him <laughs> hey leave him alone no one's gonna call the cops on you but uh crazy 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 story crazy end to it uh it is L.A. That is that is exactly. It's just, yeah, it feels like L.A. Wow, just around. Sorry, quick sidebar. Talking about like living in a action movie. I was uh, this was like a few years back. I was on lunch break. I was walking around in Hollywood, and I'm walking down La Brea in Hollywood. Out of nowhere, this like Ford Taurus just comes blazing up La Brea, going like 65 miles an hour, like clips over the curb. I'm just like freaking out, and then how close to you did it come? Well, I mean, it was like basically it clipped a corner, maybe like a hundred yards up, but then it was in the lane next to me. I was walking on the sidewalk. Twenty seconds later, there's like six cops, helicopter chasing after this guy, and another guy walking the other uh, in the street just goes, "Damn, that shit's right out of a movie!" And we just (laughs) both busted up laughing. Like there's no other reaction to it. It It's just that surreal. All right, Nate. We, I feel like we've covered a lot here, but we didn't cover your new uh, stand-up comedy album. Oh, well, thank you for thank you for uh, segueing into that sure. so effortlessly. Yes. Um, yeah, Gun I just... control and the Dorner uh, story go right into the stand-up. Uh, now, where'd you, where'd you record this album? Uh, Cincinnati. Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati, which is a great club to work and uh, also to see comedy. And they're really a... It's you know it's run by a bunch of, of really cool people and and so uh, and they have a, a great setup there they have you know just a great setup to record there so um, so I, I had originally recorded it in Milwaukee but um, I was working to go bananas and um, they have such a good setup to record there that I said ah, maybe I'll you know I'll just see what I get and then yeah uh, and uh, and I liked my, my the first set Saturday was sold out and it went well and so it's just uh, that set front nice. to back now what um. What kind of stuff do you get into? Describe now. I I know Nate Craig style. I'm a Nate Craig fan, but what kind of stuff can we expect from a Nate Craig set? Well, I mean, I'm definitely uh, am way more personal uh, on this album. I I talk about, um, you know, my uh, you know tell stories um, about my personal life and uh, and talk about my mom and talk about um, you know um, uh, get into just you know. The, the title infinity comes from this bit that I, where I talk about just people's, um, people's brains and like how, <laughs> how, 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 how my, my brain, it, it I talk about dis- discrimination, you know, I, I kind of frame it in like in, in, uh, uh, that, um, you know, that way. And then I talk about how, how I can kind of empathize when I see people acting like that. Um, um, just because I just see their brain beating the shit out of them, and <laughs> and I try to tie it in. So just what you know, just what I I go, you know how how I deal with myself as best I can, and just how like you know uh, the the one of the lines is is that scientists say you can use ten percent of your brain. Yeah. Well, but your brain can use a hundred percent of your brain. Yes. So it's an <laughs> so all you're out outmatched. Ass kicking. Yeah. Even if even if you're not into even if you're using like twenty percent of your brain, you're still getting your ass kicked. Ass kicking. And so, and so then, you know, I, I, I talk about kind of, uh, you know, um, just, uh, just how best to, to recognize that when it's happening to you or if it's happening around you, you yeah, know, guys getting people, their ass kicked by their pe- own brain. Yeah. It's people who just, <laughs> they like to hate what they hate more than they like to like what they like. 
Yeah, and that is that is uh, that is just a, a red flag, uh, and and like it's 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 recognizable. You can see it, and then you you just gotta kind of identify that and and know you know how how most efficiently to kind of let it get away from you or get it away from you, whatever you need to do, or have the option of doing, and um, you know, and that's. Uh, so that you know, stuff like that, just like kind of, uh, just life strategies, life strategies. Nice. I like that, Craig. and then uh, that goes over well in the Cincinnati. They, they, that's not too like uh, um, too well, big of a concept. No, for. actually, it was it's great. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's uh, on the CD. I actually delivered. It's not as convoluted as I yeah. just made it sound. <laughs> You're not just but, uh, up there talking theoretical. Uh, okay, guys, here's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Let me talk about what I'm going to talk about. You preview the jokes, uh, um, but uh, but you know, I, I get them, I get them going um, um, pretty good before I get into anything. You know that. Boring on, that board, yeah, that borders on intellectual at all. You know, I, I'm, I'm really just try, trying to be, you know, honest and tell stories about my own shit. And then, and well, then is there any stories that you're t- you say and you're talking about your mom? Is there anything out there like story wise that you're like, uh, like, does your mom and your dad do they listen to your comedy? Oh or? yeah, okay. oh they're yeah no they 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 are they're they're very much into it. And um, you know, my mom is uh, well. Do you get any you ever get any shit from the parents or? Well, my mom tries taste? to say that the story I tell about her is not true, which it. <laughs> Absolutely is. Uh, my mom is well. She's she's uh, you know really a smart woman. I, I I love to argue with her. She's like a '60s all girls school feminist. Yeah. And um, you know I I I usually lose. Uh, <laughs> I, I always learn something. She's always very well informed. But she has just thought what she thinks for so long that it's she, she goes she goes overboard. She gets crazy sometimes. And she tried to say that um, she tries to say that. She honestly, this is a real argument that we had. She tried to say that the only reason that a woman hasn't made it in the NBA is because they haven't been given a chance. <laughs> and I fucking lost my mind. Like I, I, I like made her say it again and again. I was like, "Mom, you're fucking nuts!" Like, like let's like you don't even use the same size ball. Like, stop it. You know, like, like stop it. And she was just because we, I don't know, we got into it was it was when it was it was. I remember hearing this. Film. It was it was when uh, I was trying to. I was trying to talk to her about why Obama would be a better candidate than Hillary Clinton. And she was just like, I don't care. I've spent so much of my life. She was, you know, my mom was, and and I, I I totally, I, I totally uh, can understand her, you know, her reasons for, for being like this. She was like, I've spent my entire life watching women get shit on. I'm not at all about, I mean, they they continue to get shit on. They were, you know, Republicans say the most ridiculous shit, the most disrespectful shit. Women around the world are getting treated as, you know, as bad as they've. Well, probably not as bad as they've ever been treated, but I mean, right? There's but not, been some worse years for women, um, but but it's it's still pretty goddamn bad, dude. Yeah, and like and like it's it's. I mean, you talking about? I mean, just just you know, maybe it's just more coverage of it. But I mean, we're talking about gang rapes and shit, and uh, you know, all over the country. So, and like in the in the in the most powerful country in the world, you know, we should be as evolved as we possibly can be. Yeah, and so I can understand. Like, I'm not at all. I'm we're I'm on the same page with her. But we were arguing about it. <laughs> she got. <laughs> She got. I was just like, you know, I was just suggesting. I think where it came from was I was suggesting that o- that Obama was, um, you know, would be more firm, and that uh, that maybe, you know, with uh, you know dealing with the Middle East when you're dealing with uh, you know a c- cultures that that were so uh, misogynistic that like maybe it was just better to to have to have a man talking to him. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was just saying that, I mean, I was, I wasn't, you know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's far, far fetched at all. I think that's, that's, Oh no, the middle correct. East is very respecting of women's right. rights. And, oh uh, wait, Oh, you want to weigh in on some policy? Uh, sure. Yeah, woman, go here, ahead. Put this bag on first. <laughs> and, uh, and then I and know then, as much as uh, America gets crap for, and yeah, to deservedly. So some stuff, but man, we're just, yeah. Like the middle East is so insanely bad. Like, uh, yeah, just, so my mom tried to say that I don't. She says that she didn't say that, but we argued for a long time about it. So I know she said it. Yeah, and that, I know that, she knows something... better. I know she knows better, but she wasn't backing down. And I think that she just had a momentary lapse of reason, and was well, couldn't back down. But she was. It wasn't that she couldn't back down because she's she's way smarter than that. She just was enjoying. The debate rocking my world. Like she was enjoying. <laughs> like she was just hoping no, wait, that it was going to turn right, out. I got to hear a little bit more about this. So what? What other arguments was she making? Like was she naming specific players? She, no, that's the thing. She okay. wasn't even like she just. She just spoke theoretically. It just didn't make sense to her. Like she was projecting. 
kind of the abilities and you know um you know you know the capacity for exceptionalism of women on a whole into areas that it maybe didn't apply right you know what i mean and she was kind of blurring that line in her own head and it's just like people have the the bit i set the bit up like you ever have an argument with your parents one of your parents and you realize that this person is batshit fucking crazy (laughs) Yes. And at the same time, you realize that you should have realized this a long, long time ago. <laughs> yes, and that probably you have some of the same characteristics. characteristics right. And that some of yeah. your things that you've said exactly. are equally batshit crazy <laughs> right, right, and have right. probably driven other people crazy. And you're just like, oh, wow, this is what it's like <laughs> right. to deal with. And then you go through all of your hardline stances <laughs> right. and you're like, okay, yeah. now I can see. Or at the very least, you see how it's affected you over the <laughs> yeah, years. Like, exactly. like the, the thing that sucks about that argument is that you not only realize – that uh, your mother is a crazy person, but I also realized that maybe I can't be anything it is that I want to be. <laughs> yes, that might exactly. Have like something you're that making a crazy your own point. You're kind of like right. You're kind of uh, yeah, exactly. Bringing your own uh, reality to it. Well, good times, Nate. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Where can uh, people get the album? iTunes, uh, it's iTunes, and everywhere else. It's on Amazon. It's on Spotify. I got my uh, Pandora channels all set up now. Nate Craig on Pandora. Okay. Um, and then you know NateCraig.com. You can you can definitely uh, find the links uh, to buy it there. I don't have right. it set up to buy at my website, but it's uh, there's a link to iTunes from there. Yeah, you can figure it out. Google Nate Craig, and what's your Twitter handle? Nate Craig One or uh, at Nate Craig One at Nate yeah. Craig One. Make sure you follow him. And, Very uh, funny guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, if a little inside information. It's a uh, nine ninety nine at iTunes. It's also eight ninety nine at Amazon. All right, Make, and uh, when you go to Amazon, click the link on SeanTGreen.com. That way, everyone gets paid. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Green Room. We do it live here every week on SeanTGreen.com. We do it live. The Green Room with Sean Green. Keep up the great work. See you later. Download archived episodes at two four seven comedy.com and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Should have seen she was really naive Shit, she was still only 19 And he was many years older But he seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like, that's my queen Cause he thought that he could mold her